Hey there, everybody. Welcome to It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. Thank you for joining us on this Red Friday. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. I am your host, Kayla Kinnaram. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Cody Tapp, and producer, Nick Schwert. Fellas, how are we feeling going into this big Sunday night football matchup? I mean, I, I like any matchup with Sunday night football that actually includes elite quarterback play. Like we've we've watched, I mean, really the Thursday night games have been the worst of the quarterback kind of situation. But as any game goes on, it feels like that. So, I mean, if you're going to give me Mahomes and Justin Herbert, really under any circumstances, I'm interested. But for primetime, I remember how the last primetime game went. It was super entertaining. So I'm excited. It's so weird because I... I still obviously think of Justin Herbert as an elite quarterback and one of the most talented in the league, but you haven't really heard as much chatter about him this year because the numbers haven't been as prolific. And I think that's due to a variety of reasons. Um, mm-hmm. Some of it is a little bit of regression. I think some of it's the injury concerns. There's there's not been a team more ravaged by injuries than the Chargers have been this year. But I know we'll talk more about the Chargers receivers later. It feels like not a get right opportunity for the Chargers, but maybe at least a chance for them to show that like, hey, we are still really good. That guy behind center, he's still really good. And these games always seem to live up to the hype. So I'm actually, we've joked a lot about uh, there not being enough hype surrounding certain matchups. I don't feel it this week. I feel like there is some hype and some buzz going into this game. And I feel pretty excited in a way that I, that I certainly wasn't two weeks ago. Uh, when the Chiefs were playing the Titans in prime time. Well, Nick, great segue because yes, every game between Mahomes and Herbert has been close. Should we expect this trend to continue? For the record, Mahomes is three and two against Herbert, um, both as starters since 2020. In that first game, it was a difference of three points, 17 in 2021, uh, six points also in 2021, six points again last December, and then three points this past fall. It all comes down to the final possession. It's always a nail biter. Can we expect this to continue on Sunday? Absolutely. And they both perform, Kayla. Their very first matchup ever, you might remember, was the Tyrod Taylor got a needle stuck in his lung situation. Yes. And then all of a sudden, Herbert was the starter. We're like, oh, okay. And he just, you know, casually went for 311 yards, a couple of touchdowns. And you're like, wow. And then Mahomes went for 300 yards, two touchdowns and 54 rushing yards himself. And the Chiefs barely won 23-20. And then the next time they faced each other was to begin 2021. And Justin Herbert went for 281 and four touchdowns. And Mahomes went for 260 and three, but threw a costly pick late. And then just this most recent one where it was Herbert who threw the costly pick late that eventually cost them the chance to win. So, yes, like I know the Chiefs are the better team. They're in the better situation because their team is much healthier. They have the better coach and they have the quarterback playing better. And yeah, when I get to predictions later, this will probably be a three point game because I think what happens here is what's happened in other great quarterback matchups in the history of the NFL, which is they play up, they play up to each other. They are in the division and they are great quarterbacks in the same division. No matter what, I think these games are always going to be close. Maybe once in a while, once every four years, we'll get some random beatdown. But to have five games of evidence and for them always to be decided essentially on the last possession of the game tells me that this game is going to give us something similar. So I was prepared for this question. I was up late, very late last night, crunching the numbers. So I (laughs) guys an an analytic driven answer to this. Oh, wow. See if you guys can follow along. The numbers are going to get complicated. Oh, great. Uh, Chiefs 
have played in five one-score games this year. The Chargers have played in six one-score games this year. That is 11 of 18 games these two teams have played this year have been one-score. Oh, and by the way, the five times they've faced off with Justin Herbert at quarterback, four of them have been one-score games. That's just what these teams do, and even more so, that's what they do when they get together. And I think Cody nailed it on the head. We can get into like the matchups and why these teams play each other close, but I think you can boil it down to one thing. These are two of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL. Obviously Mahomes is on his own tier, but watch Justin Herbert week to week. And you can see he does things that only a handful of other guys in the league are capable of doing. They rise to the occasion in these big games. Now we saw how this played out the first time where even though the Chargers were in that game throughout, there were just a few moments. It really is just two, maybe like two or three moments in a game where the other team's quarterback shows you why he's not quite Patrick Mahomes, right? <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, he's really good, but he made a couple of critical mistakes in big junctures of the game, and that's not what, for the most part, Mahomes does. So I do expect this to be close. I, I feel good about the Chiefs' chances in this, mostly because of the Chargers' You know, injury concerns, but I don't think there's any reason to not expect this to be a tight matchup. They even even Mahomes this week was asked a little bit about Herbie. He's like, well, we have a lot of common opponents because we play in the division. So I see him throw against defenses a lot. He's like, there's things he can do that even I can't. Like, that's the way he put it. Like, he knows how many things he can do. And he's like, there's a couple of throws he makes that even I, I even I'm not doing that. I'm not making that throw. There's no like my arm doesn't do what his arm does. We might do different things. But it's not that. And I think a lot of times, and this is why I think Herbert inevitably will be much more successful in the NFL than he has been to this point. Because to this point, his stats are good. His team has way underperformed. And I know we could say uh, they're the most injured team in the NFL. Well, that's every year. And unless they're going to get a new training staff, that's going to be every year, apparently forever. Maybe or they've they just should, drafted him. Maybe they should. No, I'm dead serious. They should. They should have the the guy who stuck the needle in his lung is still their team doctor. (laughs) Like, that's it. That's a fireable offense. Nick, our jobs are not that serious. But if your only job was to not stick a microphone and stick it down my throat so that I choked, uh, then if you did it, don't do that. You're a doctor. Like, it's just they absolutely should. But I don't you know. I don't know if it's Staley, like he plays a little more aggressive against Kansas City typically, but in the last game, he played it more conservative and that's what drove it to be closer. And you mentioned the Herbert mistake to Jalen Watson was inevitably what decided that game. But there's always a moment because that game could have gone Chargers very easily in the early part of the season when they were still very healthy because the Chargers are getting ready to go up two scores on that. And then Jalen Watson made the play. Seems like something always happens. Even if the Chiefs get up 10 or 13 in this game and it feels like Mahomes is driving or the Chargers have stalled, I just expect something to happen that keeps this game close at this point. And it wasn't just the Jalen Watson pick six. If you remember, I think it was the very next drive when now all of a sudden the Chargers had to go down and score. Herbert, that clock wasn't right in his head. He held onto the ball too long. And that's when Chris Jones got that huge sack on third down that basically iced the game. So. I just, I, I still think there is, there's a razor's edge separating these guys from a talent perspective, but it's not just Herbert. Like that pick six to Jalen Watson, if you remember, it, the, the intended pass was for uh, Gerald Everett, the tight end. Who and was he, tired. He was asking to come out of the game. He was asking to come out. And so he clearly sort of half-assed that route. Herbert expected him to be in one place. He wasn't there. 
Think about that compared to the, the, the luxury of riches that we're learning the Chiefs have in terms of pass catchers. With all of the different guys who have gotten reps and made big plays, you just sort of trust that even if these aren't the most talented receivers in the NFL, this offense is really humming and they're really clicking and you just expect the guys to be in the right spot at the right time. You don't expect them as a team or as individuals to make those critical mistakes, which you just can't say for really any other team in the NFL, specifically not the Chargers. Quick follow-up. Uh, Patrick saying that Herbert throws throws that he can't. Yeah. Do we really believe him? Is that just like game recognized game? So I think probably what he, like, I think he actually kind of means it just a little, right? Mahomes doesn't think there's anything he's not capable of, but there's a slight difference in the way they play quarterback. Justin Herbert makes those like line throws, those like 60 yards across his body throws that I really do think really only he makes. Well, him and Josh Allen. Yeah. And and I think I don't, okay. Wow. I'm really going to be out over my skis on this. (laughs) My theory is that those, both of those guys are six, five. And if you ever watch like a really big, like Aaron judge hit a baseball or you watch Dustin Johnson drive the ball, it's like these guys who are super long and athletic, it just feels like they get a certain amount of torque on the ball that, that maybe smaller guys can't. I don't think that Justin Herbert is more talented than Mahomes. And I would rather have, I'd rather have Mahomes arsenal of throws than I would (laughs) Justin Herbert. But some of those throws, you're right, Cody, they're like scud missiles. And they don't, they don't, there is no curve to them. They just are on a line for 60 yards downfield where you're like, how is that possible? So maybe that's what he's referring to, but I'm sure if Justin Herbert were asked the same question, he'd say, yeah, I'd, I'd probably rather have his package than mine. (laughs) <laughs> I just don't like complimenting any other quarterback. That's, That's fair. fair. That's fair. Honestly, it used to feel worse when you felt worse about your quarterback, but now it's like you're a 10. You're like, I'm objectively super attractive. And it's like, <laughs> I don't care if somebody else is attractive. You only don't like complimenting people. And you're like, are they better looking than me? Is that, is that how we're coming down to? I don't like this. In Mahomes' case, we don't have to worry about it. Exactly. Guys, the Chiefs are looking thin at wide receiver at the moment with injuries and illnesses. MVS did practice on Thursday. So as of now, that leaves us with MVS, Tony, Sky, and Watson. But we will not see most likely Hardman and again, Juju, who is in concussion protocol. Does this scare us? Okay, so a little less because Mahomes is here. So let's just start with the quarterback (laughs) stuff immediately. But yes, because... I told you I didn't want to know what an offense without Juju Smith-Schuster looked like because I didn't want to look know what an offense without Tyreek looked like, and then it worked fine because Juju is ended up being a very talented wide receiver. But MVS, an 800-yard wide receiver being their one, followed by Tony, a guy I've seen for one game, followed by Sky Moore, who hasn't been involved in the offense at all, and Justin Watson, who has like 140 yards receiving this year. Yeah, I think that that's probably a bit concerning because they have Travis Kelsey. I'm never going to go full panic because Kelsey and Mahomes, Mm -hmm. but it's a lot thinner than I'd like to see. And yet, Kayla, I find myself weirdly intrigued. And here's why. Those four wide receivers happen to be four guys who could be under contract for the Royal or for the Chiefs next year (laughs) without right without the guys who'd be missing. McCall Hart may be a free agent. Juju Smith-Schuster could be a free agent. So I'm at least kind of intrigued of the, okay. I guess kind of want to see what it looks like. But from a winning perspective, I don't know how you could tell me them getting Keenan Allen and Mike Williams hypothetically back and you missing your two of your top three wide receivers is good. You kind of stole my answer there. I was, I'm excited to see 
just for a glimpse, like, hey, what would it look like if this is receiving court next year? Juju's the only one who concerns me. Uh, MVS being back at practice today, that's great. I don't know, like on a game, like MVS will have his moments, but he's not somebody who I think about if Juju's out, then that means MVS is going to see more targets. I don't know. We saw him play 71 snaps in a game and get one target. So I'm not convinced that him being out there all of a sudden means that he's the number one in this offense. He'll play a lot. I don't think that necessarily means that all of a sudden he's going to get a ton of snaps. To me, this is, this is a Kadarius game. I would almost say the same thing for Nicole. Because if you don't have Juju or McColl, well, let's just say you don't have Juju and you have MVS and McColl, would it shock you if Kadarius is the number two no. behind MVS in terms of snap counts? It, it, it really wouldn't to me because there's one thing that we know. Mahomes trusts him. I think what we saw in that game with the way that he throws him the ball downfield and just lets him go up and get it, I think you could say through two games, and what? How many snaps has has Kadarius played in his? his he played forty nine percent last week, and he played nine the nine total snaps the week before. So not very many. There is already, and it's mostly because of skill set, right? A trust factor between Mahomes and Kadarius Tony that McColl has not been able to earn in three plus years, and it's mostly because that's never going to be McColl. When when Mahomes targets McColl, it's he, I, I see a little pocket. He's kind of running free. If I can just get the ball in the right place, then he's going to be able to make a play. But it's never a go up and get it type throw like you saw with Kadarius. So just in terms of skill set, he is best suited to be a guy to play on the outside that can make plays downfield. Could we more, he, he has the biggest opportunity, and it's only about Juju. Even if McColl is able to go, I still think Kadarius is effectively your number two wide receiver. I think there's a chance that Jarek McKinnon or Clyde Edwards-Alaire might be the second leading wide receiver in this game. They have the number oh. 30th ranked rush defense. So you would think that they're going to attack him with the running backs at least a little bit. And both those guys have experience lining up wide, especially Clyde. For as much as Clyde had no involvement, lining him up wide in this game to give you a little more depth at wide receiver doesn't seem crazy to me. I'm also a little worried about what they're going to do with Kelsey. Because last week against... The 49ers, they held Kittle to one ball and two targets. Well, it's important to note that Kelsey also uh, said he's not going to jump in this game on his New Heights podcast because he said the last time he tried to jump against Derwin James, it went poorly. He said (laughs) he's not going to do that again. He's not out here trying to jump around. I mean, they've got the kind of talent still that can sometimes frustrate you. This might be the most run-heavy game we've seen from the Chiefs all year. Yeah, well, that's that's interesting because... We have never seen in consecutive weeks the Chiefs be consistent with how they handle the run game. (laughs) Whatever happened last week, at least thus far in the season, has had no impact on what's going to happen this week. So the Chiefs had a nice running game with Isaiah Pacheco last week, which means this week they'll probably run the ball 11 times for 27 yards. Now I'm trying to look up the box score because now I'm curious about what happened in that first game. With I remember... All I remember was Kelsey getting mugged and Clyde put, the game of, Clyde put the game away late in that game. He did. He had that. Is that the one where he ran the ball with two hands? Yeah. And he slid. Yeah. He was like, he didn't want to fumble. And then he kind of slipped. <laughs> was it was good. one of Kelsey's quieter games of the year. Kayla, five catches, 51 yards. They know the how to sec- shut down the tight ends. The second leading receiver in that game, Justin Watson. Oh, my he, guy. He had that bomb reception in the he first the, half. 
He had the 43-yard touchdown catch in the McColl route when he got hurt. <laughs> right. That's right. Don't sleep on those four-string wide receivers, guys. <laughs> yeah, way, never. Can we just, can we just let me just say this? Is there any other team in the league that could potentially be missing their second and fourth leading receivers heading into a game against a playoff team? And we'd sit there and say, yeah, the offense will be fine. Like not even no. considering the idea that all the, the offense is just going to stagnate. And we've seen moments where they've stagnated, but it's not because like so-and-so isn't active or they're not getting this one guy involved. I think a lot of times we just kind of say, I don't know, whatever weird game that, things didn't work, but that is, that, that just goes to show the luxury of riches the chiefs have. That's because of Kelsey, dude. That's the only reason because no other team, if you knocked out Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, that's their top two weapons. Knocking out the Chiefs' top two wide receivers or two of their top three wide receivers is not knocking out two of their best weapons. You know, Kelsey has like 160 more yards than the next closest tight end and four more touchdowns than the next closest tight end and 27 more catches than the next closest tight end. He's on an island. It's all by himself while Kyle Pitts gets ignored in Atlanta. <laughs> One quick follow-up before we move on. Would you guys say this is the most depth we've had at wide receiver since Mahomes has been quarterback? Yeah, absolutely. 100% without even thinking that hard about it. Yes. It's not the most top-heavy because, again, Tyreek, but it's definitely the deepest. All right. 